and just oh, well, let's start with prayer and let's turn to Our Lady who didn't need any confession um, but ask her intercession to guide us today in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit Amen Hail Mary For the grace of the Lord is with thee Blessed art thou among women and blessed is the fruit of thy womb Jesus Holy Mary, Mother of God Pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Saint John the Baptist. Pray for us. Saint Thomas Aquinas. Pray for us. Saint Alphonsus Liguri. Pray for us. Blessed Cardinal Newman. Pray for us. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Now I think you all went away with a copy of these lecture notes last time. I hope you've had a chance. If you didn't bring a copy with you, there are copies here. Okay. Tears of repentance, hopefully not a disturbance. So we're thinking of confession today. We're not going to do any role-playing, um, in part because I think you've all had experience of hearing confessions. So this is not the way I would normally be talking about it. Normally I'm talking to seminarians who haven't had any experience. And as you put your mind back, they're in that odd situation. The only confession they've ever known is their own. And the instant you start hearing other people's confessions you realise that other people are approaching this thing very differently to how you do. And that changes, but for me, it changed the way I went to confession. I think I go to confession better now than I used to because I've heard other people use the sacrament better than I was using it. Um, for you, those former Anglicans, um, there are some particular things that I think we need to focus on. One is to be clear about the difference between confession and spiritual direction. So from what I gather from other former Anglican clergymen, that most of your experience as Anglicans, when people go to confession, would be people who have one-on-one asked to see you and would be, therefore, much more a spiritual direction type of context. That the experience of sitting in the box and listening to a string of 20 people one after another, it's very common in the Catholic parish, but probably wasn't your experience before. Am I right? Yes. So that puts a whole different rethinking about what you're doing in this. So spiritual direction, advice, is part of what the confessor should be doing, but it's a secondary part. It's not the primary thing. That the primary thing that the sacrament is about is the forgiveness of sins. And that can be done in a couple minutes. It doesn't need a long our session of advice and counsel on the um, But it's a very different experience for you as, as the priest. So, um, let's see. In the notes you've got, there are over 20 pages. Now, I'm not going to go through all those today, which is why I gave them to you to read before. What I do want to do, though, is kind of talk through some of the themes through different pages and because hopefully you're familiar with having read through this we can then interject and comment and discuss it as we go through 
Okay, so it's not, there's too much material for us to go through it in detail all today. Let's see what to say. Um, okay, a couple opening observations still. You probably won't have had the experience when I was young still, there were lots of old Irish priests around. Um, and they would have been taught, and I know they must have been taught it because they all did the same thing. Um, whatever you said, they'd always say, thank God for the grace of a good confession. Um, and actually, obviously, that's not sometimes true. <laughs> um, and I guess there were some confessions they heard that they kind of were less able to say that than others. But in that phrase, thank God for the grace of a good confession, there's an initial desire to encourage and affirm the penitent as your starting um, response to anything they've said. Um, and if there's anything that's maybe not familiar to you, if that isn't already familiar as a crucial starting point, um, particularly if you're then going to have to hit some kind of hammer afterwards, to, to start with words of affirmation um, is an important thing to do. Um, let's see, another opening thought. So I said that this isn't spiritual direction. It's not about you having a lot to say. Let me point out the other extreme with respect to that, though. Um, so if you're talking to priests that have been in the Catholic Church a long time, that were cradle Catholics like myself, in the 1970s, it was fashionable for priests to be told in seminary, don't say anything. So whatever the penitent says, basically don't say anything. That, that was... I mean, I wasn't in the seminary then, but you can tell from what was coming out that that was clearly the advice. Um, and that also is not what the church is calling at us. That we are called on to say things. We are called on to make questions. We are called on to give advice. Um, so to say nothing would be another extreme again. Okay, one final opening observation before we kind of move on to the lecture notes, um, which I've actually have said at the bottom of the first page. But the first question for you as a priest in the confessional to put in your own mind when somebody is coming is to ask yourself, what type of penitent is this? What is the penitent himself or herself expecting and looking for? So is this somebody who, you know, like when I go to confession... I have a spiritual director, so I'm not really looking for great advice. I've got that from someone else. I'm going to confession every week, so I'm actually not wanting this to take a long time. It's a regular part of my spiritual life, but it's, it therefore doesn't need to take a long time. There are other variations on that you get with someone coming to confession, that they may be coming with a, a list of sins that are their regular sins, they know they're regular, they're struggling with them, but they're not looking for you to give a whole bunch of advice. So you can burden the penitent by feeling you've got to have something intelligent to say. Um, what they're wanting is absolution. Um, and have something maybe to say, but you, don't feel, you shouldn't feel a need to say something, particularly just because you, in your Anglican background, might have been feeling that you had to say a lot. Well, that isn't necessarily the case. So often when I hear a confession, I will only, I will say thank God for the grace of a good confession, if it has been, um, and then I'll usually 
certainly in my own parish with my regulars that are coming, I will move straight to the penance. Because I know I've taught previously or someone has taught previously about the situation. They're not looking for advice. They don't need advice. And sometimes even in the way somebody confesses things, it's clear that they know how to deal with them. Now that's different to if you hear somebody come into confession who is wanting to grow in holiness, but you also sense an implicit question there, or maybe an explicit question. Well, you need in how you're processing that to realize this means I have to move into a different mode here. In contrast, the type of penitent who is sincere but minimalist, I'll come on to that in a second, um, and then the type of penitent who, in a sense, doesn't really want to be there at all. Um, and I've often encountered this when people come as a family. Um, now, one of the spouses might be a devout Catholic and the other comes along. And you have to shift gear from hearing one of the spouses who's you know, really engaged in this and the other who's doing the right thing, but you, know, you don't want to push them away by saying the, the same level of reflection that you had with the other one. So in all of that, what I'm trying to say is that there's a need to realise and ask yourself at the very beginning, what are they looking for before I start saying anything? And to factor what I'm going to say in the light of what they're looking for. Now... Let's turn to page 10 of the notes. I'm going to skip around so that we'll follow, highlight certain things. Have you all read these notes already? Did you have a chance to do that? So you'd have seen here, I'm giving you three different examples, um, each of which are quite common. And to realise, in the light of what I was just saying, you as the priest have to approach these three categories in very different ways. So the first category, the person who comes um, and, and he says, um, a Lenten confession, he says, it's been a year since my last confession. Since then, I have masturbated uh, several times. I've missed Sunday Mass on three occasions and I've taken the Lord's name in vain on four occasions. Um, and sometimes you might wonder, it's interesting you can be that precise in how many times you've used the Lord's name in vain over the last year. Um, but we are told to confess in number, so you should be making some attempt to enumerate. But there is something odd sometimes in the <coughs> vision of the spiritual life that person will have, and that they can think that all God really cares about is masturbation, Sunday Mass, and blasphemy. Um, but you as the priest have to bear in mind this person is actually using the sacrament for the primary purpose of what the sacrament is about, which is the forgiveness of mortal sin. So he's only given you the bare bones, the most serious stuff. But that is the heart of what the sacrament's about. So a pious priest might feel offended that somebody is referring to all this in such a minimal way, but it is the minimum. It's not less than the minimum. 
if they are achieving the minimum, then we have to let them use the sacrament for that and be glad even that they are doing that. Any comments on that? I mean, I presume it would be obvious to state that from your Anglican background you wouldn't have encountered that category at all, yes? The second category, what I've called the irrelevant detail approach. Um, and if we're going to use stereotypes, a teenage girl, um, you know, will freely talk, will tell you lots of stuff, but she might not actually tell you sins, her sins at all. So how do you deal with that? Well, obviously you need to be thinking, what is she looking for? She's somehow not even expecting me to be talking about sin. I have to somehow ease my way into there. I've often found, um, rather than seeking to dismiss what they're saying, have I actually said that there, to say, um, in the midst of all the difficulties you've described there, um, thinking today about confession, um, what are your sins within that? Uh, so trying to move beyond what she's described in a way that doesn't too brutally make it sound like, actually, I don't care at all about what you just told me. Um, I, mean, I have found that some really do want to chat, mm -hmm. and you can't get them out. You know, <laughs> that sounds awful, but, yeah. you, know, they, you know, that's not just teenagers, that's adults. Right, right. And um, again, you're trying to get to the point, trying to move it on, but it's sometimes I find it extremely difficult. And yet, if you have a line of people outside, Absolutely. or it's a scheduled time and there might be somebody outside you might not know in the box. Um, we do sometimes have to say to somebody, well, I'm afraid there may be somebody waiting outside. Um, sometimes it's the only time they get to chat with the priest. Yeah, the yeah. And so they take longer, especially in the lunch And obviously that's where we as priests need to be forming our congregations. Mm. Um, though of course often we're, to our annoyance, receiving the lack of formation that other priests mm. have been given. Um. Part of the plan is in all these boxes and files. It's mine that we open for Very melodious regardless. It is, isn't it? It's an alarm. As I frequently am, yeah. Oh, yes, sure. Um, where, would, where, where would you exhort? Would it be, um, would it be to, um, to regular prayer life? Or would it be to take one of the mortal sins and just 
one of the sins confessed and to give them a sentence or to give penitents a sentence or to advice stoke encouragement. I suppose when I use the word exhort, I was thinking even more generally than that, just somehow to something to lift okay. the vision higher than these mortal sins. Okay. Um, and I think my experience too has taught me that if someone's coming with that bullet point, very brief thing, actually they're probably not even wanting advice on how to deal with okay. masturbation. Um, so, so anything I say is unlikely to be well received. Um, so I might... Sometimes the instant you start a sentence, you can feel a response or lack of it. And that's an indication to either stop talking or or not. Um, but I suppose by exhort, I was thinking more just to thank God for the greatness of His mercy, of all that He calls us to, of the the, the love that He calls us to in all aspects of our life. Broadening the picture a bit to thinking that the only thing God cares about are these three things you mentioned. The parish I was received in, I still go to the priest who received me into the church nine years ago, that they, he always encourages through RCIA to use the CTS um, mm -hmm. symbol prayer book. And he, uh, regular confession times in the pews by the confessional, so trad, will leave copies of that. Mm -hmm. the, the examination of conscience, he doesn't mm -hmm. want it to be a, either a long shopping list or a counselling session, mm -hmm. you know, because it's somewhere between two and three here, mm -hmm. because it's, it's a busy parish, um, and seems to have the approach about right. Mm -hmm. And I think his, we discussed this quite recently, having read some of this, his um, guidelines would be that probably in a five-minute confession, in mm -hmm. and out, he will do about half the talking. Really, in, terms of, in terms of exhortation and advice, mm -hmm. not probing into irrelevant details, mm -hmm. but to encourage mm -hmm. and to um, relieve guilt mm -hmm. and to um, what's the word? coach with the, the, the yeah. uh, you know, so that they come back another time. That gradual right. approach. Right, right. Would you advise having like a lay or something that just because I've noticed that. And they're all over the place. Where, yeah. You know, the start. And Father, bless me, Father, for I have some There's nothing there, so, you know, they're not. I did a, one of the schools or six hours, there were probably six yeah. kids, but, you know, they, they didn't even know how to start a confession. I mean, well, obviously, they, if it's first confessions, they've obviously not been prepared. Um, but still, a form right. that everyone follows. Yeah. In the Anglican Church, we cut out the prayer book, well, the American, they had a prayer right. book. You, they could follow the form. The form yeah. would literally just go ding, 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 ding. Rather than people having to memorize or. I'm just, so I, basically, yes, I do exactly what you're suggesting. Um, and I always have uh, a copy of the kind of standard act of contrition copied, laminated on their side of the screen so, so that they can read. Um, yeah. I've never seen uh, that in the Catholic Depending where you go, it is common. Um, and certainly was more common. Um, really? Okay. Was, I think, 
very standard. And if you're not already, if you're not already aware of, so in terms of like making that contrition, I have one of the shortest ones memorized. And when someone says, I say, well, if you now make your act of contrition, and they say, what's that? Um, or I can't remember, that I would then say, well, just repeat each line after me. Um, and some people you have to talk through, and others you don't. Um, Whereas the easiest thing is to be laminated A4. Now, please, please, I mean, yeah, or, or what I do in my parish is um, Lent and Advent, I hand out inside the parish newsletter mm -hmm. how to go to confession. So there's a little reminder then. Mm -hmm. um, so it wouldn't be inadvisable to have, as a matter of course, an, an A4 form mm -hmm. that is literally a dialogue? Yeah, right. Okay. I'm afraid to do anything you know, that they don't already do. Though I think, I think in different places that would be quite common. Okay. Should contrition not be evident from the confession? That's actually what I'm about to move on to, but it's, uh, it's a good question. Um, sometimes it's evident, sometimes it's not. Um, people are odd in the way they speak. Uh, so I guess we all, the, some people have a confessional voice, and, and so, so that they can sound insincere even if they're not insincere. Long time ago, and made what I thought was an act of contrition mm -hmm. afterwards, and the priest said, Making that contrition, it's not just that. <laughs> oh, you <he> said. <coughs>